This is Eighth Day Encouragement, a recap of the Sunday service, offering hope and faith from the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. You can find us online at holytrinity-nyc.org. If you came to Holy Trinity on October 3rd, 2021, you might have been surprised at the scripture readings if you knew the readings appointed for the Sunday because at Holy Trinity, we heard an Old Testament reading from the book of Job, chapter 39, and our gospel reading came from familiar words in Matthew 11. That's because we are bending the rules a little bit for our scripture readings today. We're anticipating tomorrow's feast, October 4th, the feast day for remembering St. Francis of Assisi. Like many churches, we celebrate the day with the blessing of animals, but I think it's also important when we think about Francis to notice especially how Francis showed reverence toward all creation, not just animals. In some ways, Francis allowed creation to preach to him, showing him how to learn humility and follow Jesus more closely. One of my favorite stories of Francis and an animal has to do with the wolf in the little town of Gubbio, Italy, there in the Umbrian countryside is Gubbio, and the town was being terrorized by a wolf, a big bad wolf, it sounds like. And so people heard that Francis was nearby, and they asked him to come to town and tame the wolf. Well, no one knows exactly what went on between Francis and the wolf, but what they saw was the wolf putting his paw in the hand of Francis as though they were striking a deal. Francis turned away and explained that he had promised the wolf that the town would help take care of the wolf, and in return, the wolf would protect the town and not attack its animals or cause problems. And so Francis had, in effect, established a treaty, a peace treaty between the wolf and the townspeople of Gubbio. Well, it's a sweet story and not unlike stories associated with holy people, saints and such, and their dealings with animals. But in this case, Franciscan scholars and historians suggest that this tale might be a real a retelling of something that actually happened in history. You see, in 1219, at the height of the Fifth Crusade, Francis decided to walk right through the fighting of the Crusade and meet the Sultan of Egypt, a Muslim. At first, Francis had the idea of trying to convert the Muslim leader to the ways of Jesus Christ and thereby create peace and make it seem as though there was no need for the Crusade. But then, having met the Sheikh, Francis decided that they could both be friends. It turns out the Sheikh Malik al-Kamil knew much more about Christianity than, um, than Francis knew about Islam, but was willing to part friends. Francis left the Sheikh and looked for the Christian commander in the Crusades, Pelagius, and he asked Pelagius to please stop the fighting, lay down arms. Well, you can imagine how that went over then as now, warfare was good business. Well, Francis did tell his Franciscan brothers who were preaching the gospel life all over the place that when they went to a Muslim place, first they should tell them about Jesus Christ. But if the Muslims were not interested in converting, then Christians should live among them in peace. 
So some have suggested that this story of Francis and the imagined big bad wolf is really a retelling of Francis going to meet the Sultan and attempting to broker a kind of peace. But that sort of peace was not popular with the the church officials, and so it had to be turned into story form in order to be spread and enjoyed and, and learned from. Well, who knows the truth of all of that? But what's important to note is how Francis not only loved animals, but understood that love to apply to human beings, to all of creation. Francis followed Jesus in many ways. He served the poor like Jesus did. He served the needy. He served those who were sick. He looked for God in the ways of beauty and fun and liveliness. But chief among all of these, Francis followed Jesus in the way of humility, Recall that humility has to do with the hummus, the earth. And so to be humble is to be down to earth, not high and mighty floating above the earth, but also not hiding in a hole or allowing dust to be kicked in our face below the earth, but down to earth, right-sized, understanding one's place in creation. In today's gospel, Jesus prays to God and gives thanks that God has hidden certain things from the wise and intelligent, but reveals them to infants, to little ones, to the children. The second part of the gospel sounds comforting and soothing at first, as we hear the words, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens. But then it gets serious when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. But again, Jesus is inviting us to be like a child. Now, at first hearing, when I hear those words, take my yoke upon you, I, I rebel against them. And I think I'm no farm animal. I don't need a yoke around me. God's given me intelligence and a good heart. I can go on about my way and check in with God occasionally. Thank you very much. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. He says, my yoke is gentle and easy and light. It's not like some yoke you'd put on an animal. It's different because the yoke that Jesus offers us is a yoke of love. Taking a yoke of love upon ourself keeps us close to Christ in this life and in the next. Jesus is calling us to humility, to be childlike in our faith. In prayer and meditation, sometimes people talk about having a monkey mind, or a puppy mind, which is to say that they just can't sit still with their thoughts. Their thoughts are running all over the place, like a monkey jumping in a tree, or like a puppy going wherever it wants to go. But rather than try to restrain the puppy, I think Jesus is inviting us to be a little more like a child who, who plays with the puppy, who grows through exploration and play until both the child and the puppy grow up together and find calm and peace. The life of St. Francis invites us to befriend all of creation, to learn and to grow. This has obvious implications for our own care of the environment, not only in practical energy and waste-saving ways, but also in deeper ways that make for lasting change. But the life of Francis also reminds us of Jesus's love for the poor, those poor with material wealth, but also those poor in body, mind, spirit, and soul. Even as we are befriended by Christ, we are to befriend 
Even as Christ comes to serve us, he empowers us to serve one another. May we all grow in our following of Francis and his way of following Jesus, that we engage and love all of creation, learning from creation as we go, and that we follow Francis's way of humbly following Jesus in a childlike way. I close with a favorite prayer used by St. Francis. May the power of your love, Lord Christ, fiery and sweet as honey, so absorb our hearts as to withdraw them from all that is under heaven. Grant that we may be ready to die for love of your love, as you died for love of our love. Amen. On this St. Francis Sunday, parishioner and trumpet player Charlie Johnson joined Cleve Kirsch to lead our music, and it was animal-themed. They played several short pieces from Camille Sanson's Carnival of the Animals. In this final piece, listen for the roars in the piece that imagines the royal march of the lion. You've been listening to Eighth Day Encouragement. The Eighth Day is a Monday after the seven days of the week, but the Eighth Day also stands as a new creation outside the pattern of the usual seven. And so the Eighth Day symbolizes resurrection, hope, and the possibilities for new life. I'm John Bedingfield, the priest and rector at the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. I hope you'll come and visit us in person one day, but you can also worship with us through Facebook Live, follow us on YouTube, and learn more at holytrinity-nyc.org. God bless you this week and always.